Amen. Open your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And uh, man, what an amazing time of worship it's already been. And we are excited to continue to worship him as we get into his word and see what God has for us. We've said it so often, but it's still true. Uh, Worship is not just the music before the message. Uh, Worship is a lifestyle for the believer. Uh, Worship is everything we say and do for the glory of the Lord. The Bible's pretty clear on this. It says, whatsoever you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of the Lord. And so what does that mean? Every day of my life, I'm looking for opportunities to worship him, to express my love for him to others and his love for them to them so that they may come to know Christ as well. And so uh, we are excited to get into his word and uh, we pray that you have a copy of God's word with you, whether uh, in print form or maybe you have it on a device. Um, Let me just say this. If you don't have a copy, of God's Word with you or your own personal Bible, uh, you can download our church app. That's North Goodland, B.C. in your app store. Uh, There's a Bible feature right on our app where you can access the Word of God. There's also um, an opportunity to get uh, the Version Bible app. is another app that many people use, and it's a good app for a Bible tra- or to have the Bible available. But then also, if you want a print copy of the Bible, we have those totally free at the Welcome Center. You can just go get one. We don't need your credit card information. We don't need your social security number, blood type. None of those things, uh, you can just grab a copy of God's Word and uh, be on your way. And so we would love to give you God's Word if you don't have it already. But if you do have it, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to start reading in just a few minutes here. And then we're going to jump over to John's Gospel, and we'll read some there as well. And so this time of year, uh, with Thanksgiving approaching uh, here in just a few short days, many of us will gather around the table and enjoy a meal together as a family. Now we know that with many things going on, maybe you won't have all of your family with you this year. Maybe you are in the position where uh, you have lost a loved one in the last year. And so this might be the first Thanksgiving for you and your family without that person gathered on the table. We obviously can relate with that. We understand where you're coming from there. We're praying for you that God's sympathy would be all over you. His grace and mercy would fill you. Uh, But maybe you're in a position where uh, your family members just can't be here this Thanksgiving or you just can't be with them face to face because of everything going on. Maybe uh, you're going to be doing a, a FaceTime Thanksgiving this year. Maybe you're going to be gathered in one place with some family and you're going to FaceTime some other family members in another location. Uh, However it is that you are gathering together with family and friends this Thanksgiving, we want to encourage you as you're celebrating this time of year uh, to give your family and friends something to eat. We're going to be talking this morning about something to eat. And that's really what we gather around for Thanksgiving to do. Of course, there's the good Thanksgiving and sharing what we're thankful for and all that other good stuff. But we all know why we really come together don't we? Because the food, you know what I'm talking about? Like the food is where it's at. I'm kidding. Of course, we are there for family and Thanksgiving and all that, but we do celebrate that time over a meal. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that we're celebrating it over a meal. We're giving one another something to eat. And so we need to give others something to eat this time of year. Now, that leads me to ask a question, and we usually do this at times where we'll ask for a response, and so feel free to just share. Um, You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that, but it leads me to ask the question of, what is your favorite Thanksgiving Day side? Not the turkey, but like a side. Like, if you go to Thanksgiving, this side dish has to be on the table. And so, someone give me one of those. What's your favorite all-time Green bean casserole. Is it even Thanksgiving if you don't have green bean casserole? I don't think it is, personally. I agree with that. Awesome. Anyone else? 
dressing, okay, absolutely. Now, are we talking like box dressing? Or are we talking about where you actually like stuff the turkey with the dressing? Because I remember as a kid, my mom made me sit there and just tear bread. Anyone else have to do this? You tear it all up. And then they, you know, stuff the turkey with actual stuff in that way. I've actually eaten so much of the, I'll call it the fake stuff. I probably prefer that over the real stuff, but the real stuff's pretty good too. But dressing, right? That, there's nothing mm, so good, okay? Someone said something over here though. Squash, okay. Squash is okay. Sweet potatoes. How many people are with cheesy potatoes? Okay. How many sweet potatoes lovers do we have in the room? Okay. All of you raising your hand, okay, I want you to know you are blessed and highly favored, okay? Those of you with your hands not raised, we're praying for you, okay? Now, are we talking sweet potatoes with the marshmallows or are we talking no marshmallows? Now, I'm a no marshmallow guy. Nothing against you marshmallow people. That's fine. I pray for you. I appreciate you and love you. But I'm just a good old-fashioned molasses, you know, and brown sugar over the sweet potatoes. I look at it like this. What can make it the most unhealthy? That's really what we're looking for here. Um, Any other side dishes? Cranberries. Okay. Now, we're talking fresh cranberries or out of the can. I grew up with the can, right? It makes that sound when it comes out of the can. It smacks on the plate and it just jiggles for a while. Uh, Just sign of a good food right there when it jiggles before you eat it, okay? You just think about what's that doing inside of me right now? It's probably jiggling quite a bit, okay? Any other side dishes we missed? Mac and cheese. Okay, see, I like that. I, I don't think I've usually had it there. Now, are we talking like craft? Are we talking like out of the oven? Like homemade? Okay, homemade. Sydney's getting safe. She's like, I'm praising Jesus right now for some mac and cheese. Okay, that's amazing. All right, any other ones? Thank you. That's a staple. I can't believe we've gone this far without mashed potatoes and gravy. You got to have the mashed potatoes and gravy. I would prefer ham and ham gravy. Um, I'll be honest with you, turkey. Not my favorite thing, okay? When you look at my Thanksgiving plate, it is loaded. Now, there's always that green stuff, not green bean casserole, but like salads. Someone brings a vegetable tray. That's cute. They're trying. God bless them. There's no room for that on my plate at Thanksgiving, okay? I need, and then I just lather it with gravy, right? Just awesome. And then there's this little sliver of turkey just kind of wedged in there, usually mixed in with the mashed potatoes, okay? Okay? We are, and so I was going to, I'm blessed, yeah, I'm blessed. My mother-in-law, and she's here. I'm not saying it because she's here. You guys know I would say this anyway. She's actually going to do a ham this Thanksgiving. You believe that? Now, we're going to have turkey too, but she's going to make a ham with some ham gravy. So I just want to say praise God for mother-in-law, mother-in-laws, okay? I praise God for my mother-in-law. But anyway, so we have these different dishes, right? And we gather together. And, you know, one of the cool things is, uh, sometimes I see families get together and they'll spend time making all this during the day, right? Like, isn't that part of the joy of Thanksgiving? Getting to get your elbows, kind of bump elbows with somebody in the kitchen while you're making something and they're and you're laughing and carrying on. Okay. I wouldn't know because I'm usually in the living room watching football. Okay. I don't go in the kitchen for two reasons. One, I don't know what to do in there and they don't want me in there. That's primarily what it is. Okay. Um, I'm the guy that I go in after it's all done. I'll do dishes. I'll clean the table. I'll do any of that stuff. Just don't ask me to come in and do anything before the meal. Okay. It's really for your blessing as much as it is mine. Okay. 
But it's amazing to see families come together and just spend that time together, okay? Now, again, I know this year is different for a lot of families, and I I understand that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I would encourage you, whether you're gathering together, whether you're kind of FaceTiming, whatever your situation is, I just want to encourage you, let's give our family and friends something to eat, not just physically, Let's give them something spiritually to eat as well. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14 and verse 16. This is an amazing miracle here. We're going to unpack a little more, but look at verse 16. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give ye them to eat. They need not depart, give ye them to eat. I know Pastor Greg already prayed, but let's pray and ask God to affirm this word in our hearts and minds. Father, we come before you today so thankful that we can gather just in a few days, whether it's physically gathering with all of our family, whether it's through technology and uh, Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it looks like. Father, I'm just so thankful for an opportunity for this season where we can prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of Christ in December, that the Messiah came over 2,000 years ago, born of a virgin, a helpless babe, lie in a manger. And we're going to unpack all that and celebrate all of that and just rejoice with the great blessing that all of that is. But before we get to that point, Lord, I pray that we would utilize this time of year of Thanksgiving. I pray that we would just take a moment to pause. And, and Lord, I know our society and our culture is full of uh, these these deals and these holiday deals and even now stores are are not doing Black Friday because uh, thankfully Lord a lot of places said you know what we're not going to be open on Thanksgiving we want to have family or give our family members time to spend time with their family and friends and, and Lord but there's so many things happening now all month it's been Black Friday deals and I know that the con- commercialism of it can kind of seem to take away a little bit for some but I pray that in the midst of that that we would pause and not be so anxious to get what we don't have. So anxious to buy that thing we think we need. And it's fine to buy gifts, but, but I pray our heart and our mind would be content with what you've already given us. Because you've given us all we need. You've given us the word of God and the message of salvation to all who would believe. You've given us joy and peace and love. And I know, Lord, that, again, there's nothing wrong with giving gifts. And, and honestly, Lord, I think you love it when we give gifts. I think you love it when we give gifts to one another and we can, can show that love to one another. But I pray that we, in the midst of all of that, we wouldn't forget to be thankful for what we've already received. And I, I'm just so appreciative of this time, Lord. So I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds to that reality. And I pray, Lord, that for those of us that know Christ, we've already partaken of the meal and the food that we're going to talk about. But I pray that we would be willing to give others something to eat this Thanksgiving and Christmas season that we would watch you be glorified. Father, bless now your word and affirm these things in our hearts and minds, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we see an amazing moment in the ministry of Christ and in the ministry, really, of the disciples. During all that is going on in our world today, the hunger that others have becomes more and more evident. People are hungry for hope. People are hungry for peace and love, and joy. People are hungry for truth. People are hungry for something of substance. We must not send them away hungry. We must not send them away hungry, full of only our human opinions and our ideas. We're really good at giving people that to eat. Here's more opinion. Here's more ideas. Here's more my ideas. Here's more how I would do it. And it's great to share those things, but we can't let people leave our presence this Thanksgiving Christmas season with just being filled up from that because that's not very filling. 
But man, when we, when we realize that we can give them something that will actually fill them and satisfy them, let's give them something to eat. Let's not send them away hungry. As followers of Christ, we have an amazing truth that lives within us. And that is the truth that Christ died and rose again for the payment of sins, our sins. He died for our sins. That when we make the choice to receive Christ as Savior and ask him to redeem us, to save us from our sins, believing he died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again, he redeems us and saves us and gives us new life. The Bible says you are a new creature. He got this truth within us. We have this message within us. When we determine and make the choice that no matter what this person says about this or that topic, no matter what that family member thinks about this or that opinion or this or that idea or this or that political agenda, no matter what they think about that, as followers of Christ, we can determine to look past those things and say, listen, we can agree to disagree on that, but let me tell you something that you need to know. Man, God loves you. See, people are thinking they're getting filled up, but it's like eating. I love Chinese food, okay? Some of you guys know this. I love Chinese food, okay? Not all Chinese food is equal. There are better places than others. But what's the problem with Chinese food? Usually, you eat Chinese food an hour and a half later, you're hungry again, right? That's kind of what it looks like when people fill up on just opinions and ideas that we can give them. It seems filling, it seems satisfying, but they leave and go, I I want something more. That That wasn't really satisfying me. So I want to encourage you this morning that we can give somebody something to eat that's going to last. They are looking for something more. And that something more, that someone more, is Jesus Christ. Let's remember to feed people with the truth of God's love. You see, they that are hungry, those that are starving for something of nutritional value, we can lay before them a feast that they've never before seen. So when I say give them something to eat, what I'm really saying is give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. And if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to do this. Some of you, I know we know this. And you might say, that's really the, that's the whole point of the message. Just give them Jesus. That's pretty easy. It's kind of the idea, right? Like we're not going to overcomplicate it. So I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Give them Jesus. And, And you better write it big. And you underline it. And you highlight it. Or you color it with a crayon. I don't care what you do with it. Just you make sure it's noticeable. Maybe when you go home today, you put it on a three-by-five card somewhere and you put it on your bathroom mirror. Give them Jesus. Maybe in your car, on your dashboard, not where the speedometer is, because some of you need to be aware of that thing. I, I've, I've, I, you ever have it where you're driving behind somebody and you want on 53 and you want to pass them because they're going a little slow, but you're before the church and you wonder, what if I pass them and blow by them and then we both pull into the church? And they go, hey, wait a minute, I saw you on the road. Preacher, okay? But maybe you put on a three-by-five card right there and just just give them Jesus. How about this? Maybe before you pull out your phone and you get on social media, you pray and say, Lord, help me to give them Jesus. Before you answer that email from that coworker or that boss, before you just vent, maybe you pray, Lord, just help me to give them Jesus. Now, again, people say, well, wait a minute, bro. No, we got to be able to speak truth. It's just truth. I'm all for speaking truth, but we better speak truth in love or else it's just going to obliterate people. Man, we just need to give them Jesus. And we can give them Jesus and still say, I disagree with this view. I disagree with that view. I would do this differently. I would do that differently. We can say those things and have those conversations and still realize the most important thing we can do is give them Jesus. So 
Why give them Jesus? Why is it so important to give them Jesus? Because the truth is, and again, if you're taking notes, the first point we want to look at is, why give them Jesus? Because he is the one who satisfies. He is the one who satisfies. He fills us completely. Have you ever had a meal and you left the table just satisfied? You ever have a meal where you walk away and you just go, man, that was good. You know what I mean? Like you just feel just full, not stuffed, but just satisfied. It was just pleasurable. Did you ever think about this? And this is just the way my brain works and probably not like most of yours. That's fine. I've realized that at this point in my life. But did you ever think about the fact that God didn't have to make food taste good? Like we don't need it to taste good for the nutritional value, do we? Like God could give us all the nutrients we need and it not taste like anything. Right? Well, apparently he made everything taste like chicken. But anyway, that's beside the point. Do you ever think about that? That God in his sovereign, beautiful, wonderful creation said, I'm going to make things taste good just for joy and pleasure. So that my creation will actually enjoy taking these things into their body. Do you ever stop and think why God makes some trees that serve really no purpose other than just being beautiful? I mean, they serve a purpose, but they don't provide fruit or things like that that we need. Do you ever stop and think we've been talking about this? We just talked about this on Wednesday nights. We're going through a review of Genesis. And do you ever stop to think about the fact that things that God put in the garden, he didn't have to put in the garden because he only put them in there to help Adam and Eve understand what is aesthetically pleasing and beautiful? Because he's a God of beautiful creation. He's a God that is wonderful and amazing. And when it comes to this idea of food and satisfying ourselves on food, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. And we are left to say, God, thank you for that. Do you ever wonder why Jesus prayed before he offered a meal to people? Because he was realizing this all comes from you anyway. We might harvest it. We might collect it. But he is the one that blesses us with it. You see, this idea of being full or satisfied, being content after a meal, that is exactly what Christ offers us, to fill us and to satisfy us. The feeding of the 5,000, which is what we alluded to here in Matthew chapter 14. It's amazing what happens here. These people show up and they are hungry. And what is the disciples' way to solve the problem? The disciples said, hey, listen, Jesus, we don't have anything. We just send them away. Let's just send them away. Now, were the disciples being rude? Were they, they just not love the people? No, if you study it, they were actually ministering for a while. You know what happened? They were like, we're tired. Like, we just want some time alone. I mean, could you imagine being a disciple of Christ walking through these areas? How, just go through the Gospels and make a note of how many times it says, and the multitude came to Jesus, was with Jesus, crowded Jesus. I mean, if you're a disciple, everywhere you go with Jesus, there are just tons of people everywhere. And they were just tired. Look, send them away. Send them to their own houses. They can get their own food. And then we read in verse 16, But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give you them to eat. Now, this is amazing. This miracle of Christ, the feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle of Christ to actually be recorded in all four of the Gospels. It is the only miracle of Christ that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Some of the Gospels record different miracles for different reasons. We know that when we combine all of them, we see the full list of miracles that Jesus performed. But this is the only one that's in all four Gospels. And so we have to ask a question. Whenever the Bible does something like that, or God does something like that in the Bible, 
We have to pause and go, why would God make this an emphasis to put it and make sure it's in every single gospel? Well, number one, it shows he's powerful over creation. Amen. He blessed it and multiplied it. And there was tons of food when there shouldn't have been enough food. He is God over creation. He is God over all. But also, I believe this shows us not only the deity of Christ, the power of Christ as the son of God, God himself, but I also think we see here the compassion of Christ. Have you ever read this story and went, it was really nice of Jesus to feed the people. It was really nice of Jesus to think of the people. Let's be real for a minute. Jesus as a human being and God, man, I'm sure he was tired. I'm sure he wanted to go home. I'm sure he was ready for a break. But the compassion of Christ, he said, no, I want to make sure we meet these needs. In John's account of the feeding of the 5,000, right after he records the miracle, he records an amazing interaction of Christ with the crowd. In this passage, we discover that Christ shares he is the bread of life. Go to John chapter 6. So John chapter 6, just a couple books over. So we see here that this idea of the feeding of the 5,000, again, we read about in John 6. And then we get through that. We see some other things take place here. And then I want you to go to verse 25. So John 6, 25. We see here that the reason we give them Jesus, why do we give them Jesus? Because first, he fills us completely. Why can he fill us completely? Why can he satisfy us completely? Because he is the bread of life. John 6, 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, now see, this is interesting. When they had found him, they, plural, this huge multitude that he just fed, guess what? They looking for him again. I mean, it's constant, constant crowds. Verse 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Now you got to read the story about Jesus walking on water. We don't skip over that because it's not hugely important. It's just For time's sake, we're going to move past in the chapter, but I encourage you to read that portion above this. They couldn't figure out how he got over to the other side. And he got over there because he decided to walk on the water, which is, again, I love the Bible just records these things like it's just every day with Jesus. Because when you believe and trust in Christ, he can do miracles like it's every day. Because that's the kind of God that he is. Verse 25 again. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? When did you get here, Lord? Verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, and I always have to mention this in case you you never heard this, verily, verily is just like, listen, listen. Uh, It's like, well, for some people, be like, listen, Linda. Okay, that's kind of the idea. Okay, that's a joke more for Danielle. And Sandra's not in here, but she would laugh at that too, because apparently at school, everyone's Linda, from what I understand. Diane's nodding her head as well. Um, And everybody loves glitter too, from what I hear, Diane. Yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway, that's for none of you guys. That was just for them. Okay. But anyway, it says here, verily, verily, listen, listen, pay attention to what I'm going to say. Um, I always say it this way. Verily, verily is like amen at the beginning. It means this is really important truth. You need to listen. I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat, which is, which is perish. I'm sorry, which perishes but for that meat which which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Now, what is Jesus saying here? Why did this crowd come to find him? Because they believed he was the Messiah? We want more food. 
That's how you know they're Baptists. No, I'm just kidding. They want more food. And he says, you didn't come because of the miracles. Now, isn't that interesting? He's making a difference between the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and the actual food from the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. He's saying there are those who saw this miracle and they believed in the miracle. Not so much the fact that they ate and they were filled. That was good. But the point of it, they saw that you are the Messiah. This group purely wanted more food. Even notice they call him not master. They call him rabbi. Now, it's not saying they may have not believed to some degree or something else, but they're identifying him as more of a teacher. And so here we see this understanding, but they weren't saying Messiah. They weren't clarifying him as, this, as the son of God, as God himself. So it goes on to say here, don't labor for the food that perishes, but labor for the food, the meat that endures. Now, that's really interesting. There's two kinds of food, apparently. There's food that we labor for that perishes, and there's food that we labor for that will never perish. Now, we know this. If anyone's ever grown a garden and you never got your garden in in time, you didn't get all the vegetables in in time, what happens if it just sits out there? It perishes. It breaks down. Even when we consume it, it perishes. It breaks down. But apparently, there's this food. There's this meat that will last, that will endure. And what does it say here? Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Jesus says, I will give you something to eat that will endure. Verse 28. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? When I read that, I go like this. It just blew right by it. Because they're still focused on what? We want to do what you did. We want to do what you're doing. It goes on to say here, verse 29, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom, whom he hath sent. You want to know a work? I'll give you a work. Believe on me. Now we know it's not really a work because belief is not a work. What is he saying? You're so focused on the doing. Stop worrying about the doing. Focus on belief, faith, put your faith and trust in me and what I've already done. Goes on to say here, um, verse 30. Then said there, they said, therefore unto him, what signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? <laughs> right over the head. Okay, that's great. We want to believe. Show us a work. What, what work are you going to show us? What sign are you going to show us? Verse 31. Our, I'm sorry. Verse uh, 31. Yeah. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. It's a sign. Verse 32. Then, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, hear it again. Verily, verily, you're not getting this. Listen to me. Listen, Linda. Okay. I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gives you tr the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now, listen to what they say. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They're starting. Man, okay, we want that bread. Do you know what this reminds me of? You go over a few chapters to John chapter 4. And there's a story, this beautiful story about a woman at a well. That Jesus has this interaction with. And as he's talking to her, she finally gets to she says, give me this water to drink. I want this satisfying water. Here they're saying, give us this bread to eat. Verse 35. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. 
He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. This is a powerful passage. And I wanted to read, I know we read a lot of verses there, but I wanted to read it for you to hear the very conversation, the way it developed, the way that Jesus started the conversation and the way he ends it, the way the people would respond. See, I think a lot of people in today's world are going, I would believe in God if he would just show me something. I'd believe in God if he answered my prayer request. I'd believe in God if he did this. I'd believe in God if he did that. Here's the reality. He doesn't have to do anything. He's already done it all. He said, I showed you my love. I demonstrated my love in this, that Christ died for your sins. That in that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for your sins. See, God is not bound to prove anything to us. He's already shown his love to us. And for, when we come to him, then we go, show me a sign. Show me a sign. Jesus' response is the same. Okay, that's fine. Here's your sign. Believe. Believe on me. Receive the bread of life. Here's the principle that Jesus wants this crowd to understand, and I think we need to understand it too. Don't work this life away for the meat that perishes, the stuff of this world, and end up losing your own soul. We need to trust in the meat or the bread that leads to eternal life. Jesus clearly explains that he is the bread of life, that he came down from the Father, and anyone that comes to him will not hunger or thirst. The truth is, when we gorge on the junk food of this world, we will be filled momentarily, but find ourselves more empty than before. However, when we taste and see that God's grace is good, we will be filled and satisfied in Christ forever. So what are we eating? What are we consuming? What are we offering others to eat? What are we giving them to eat? Now, I hope you've already figured out I'm not speaking of just food. I'm speaking of what kind of spiritual food are we giving people? Are we giving them just the junk food of this world? Are we gorging ourselves on the junk food of this world, leaving ourselves full of fear and doubt, confusion? Or are we tasting and seeing that the word of God, God's truth is satisfying? That the bread of life, Jesus Christ, satisfies When the world offers us something, it doesn't compare to what Jesus has already offered us. Do you know the whole sin over half people is based in the the mindset and the misconception that they think the sin will offer them more than what they have? I don't care what the sin is, what the addiction is, what it is. It doesn't matter. The truth of it is when you believe that sin will give you something that Jesus isn't giving you or that you don't already have, you will receive it and take it every single time and be left wanting. But when you realize that in God's grace and his love for you in Christ, that you can be satisfied. All your needs and desires can be met in Christ alone. So when the blessings of this life come or the trials of this life come, we are still content. Man, when sin comes calling, we shut the door. Because that temptation isn't even a temptation because all I have is met and received in Christ. When Satan or the world wants to tempt us, it's not even a temptation. It's, 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 it's like somebody offering you a mud pie, not the nice, like store-bought mud pies. I'm talking about a literal preschooler smacking some sand and some water, putting it in their hands, squeezing it, smushing, going, here, you want some? And you have a feast before you of every side dish you can imagine that you want on that table. There's gallons of mac and cheese. I mean, it's just it's crazy. And you go, you know what? That mud does look pretty good. 
as ridiculous as that is, that's exactly what we do when we reject the satisfaction that Christ is offering us and we push that aside and go, yeah, that mud, let me get down there with you and make some. And and, and listen, I'm not saying that as though I've never been there. Everyone in this room has been there. We've all tasted the mud over the feast and we thought it was good for a moment. But man, when you taste and see of the goodness of God, how can we walk away from it? One of the most amazing lines in the song, Come Thou Fount, that we sang was basically, Lord, chain my heart, fetter. A fetter is a chain. Chain my heart to you because I know me and I'm prone to wander. Man, we are prone to wander, but I'm telling you, if we continually see, here's the thing too. We, we get at the feast and we go, this is really good. And then we start kind of starving ourselves for a little while because we're not partaking of the daily meat. We get saved, we, we believe, we receive, and then we go, man, man, why do I feel hungry? Jesus said, I'll never hunger or thirst because you're denying the, the bread of God, the word of God, the milk and the meat of the word of God. And so as we partake of this, we were reminded of what Christ has offered us. Why give them Jesus? We have to hurry. I'm already over. Why give them Jesus? Well, first of all, because he is the only one that satisfies. But second of all, he is the one that never changes. He is the one that never changes. He is our only hope. Look at John chapter six, verse 37. All that the father give me shall come to me and him that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Go down to verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. This is Jesus speaking of the will of God. That everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. You know, Jesus is teaching us a very clear point here. He will not lose anyone. He is our only hope because he never changes. He, he is not basing your eternal stand and your eternal position in Christ on how he feels about you in this moment or the next. Also, he's not basing your eternal security in how you feel about him at any given moment. He's basing your eternal security in the finished and finalized work of the cross. When you receive Christ as Savior, he is yours. You are his. You may not feel saved at times. I'll do this. I won't ask you to raise your hand. I'll raise my hand and say there's been times in my Christian walk I didn't feel very saved. But I'm so thankful when my feelings changed, the truth never changed. The word of God doesn't change based on how you feel. God doesn't go, well, he doesn't feel like he loves me today, so we're going to kick him out. No, we are sealed and, and, and kept in the finished work of Christ. He is our only hope. It is the will of the Father that those who are in Christ will remain in Christ until we are redeemed. Until we are before him face to face. You are not spiritual car keys that Christ forgets where he puts you. You are secure in the hand of Christ. And he will not let you go. He will not let you go. We give them Jesus because he is our only hope and because also he is greater than what we see. Look at John six forty one and 42. The Jews then murmured. That's basically like they whispered, okay? Which, again, makes you think they like food and they, they whisper among themselves. They gotta be Baptist, but they're not. It says they're Jews. I'm just picking on Baptists because I've, since I've been saved, I've always been one. So I can, I, can, I can get away with it, I guess. There you go. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They're like going, do you really think he's the bread from heaven? I don't think he is. I don't, I don't see it. 
Okay. Verse 42. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? You know what they're doing? They're looking at the physical Christ. and They're going, there's no way. There's no way. I know this guy. I mean, we know his parents. And another gospel account, they say, we know his brothers and sisters. We know him. We, we know who he is. Isn't he just Jesus of Nazareth? Like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a good guy. He's always been real, real nice and, and he's always been real righteous and he's never really done anything wrong that we know of. But, but is he really the bread from heaven? So they couldn't get past their physical eyes. They saw Christ in the physical and they couldn't imagine he was anything more. The crowd could not look past the physical Christ and believe he was so much more. But the reality is Jesus was greater than what they saw. The truth is Jesus is greater than what we see now. Our eyes can make us believe that the pain and trials and stress and fears of this world is all there is and all there ever will be. And those you speak with are hungry and all they see is rotten and perishing food. We can offer hope to those around us for something better. Not a better life, not a better job, not more money, not health and wealth. We can offer them something better, and that is we can offer them life eternal. A satisfied life, no matter what comes next. So can I encourage you this morning as we kind of close this part of the service in prayer in just a moment, don't send them away hungry. Give them something to eat. Just give them Jesus. You know, when I was first started preaching, I was 16 when I first uh, preached my first message. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Tom Blount, who was the pastor then, who allowed me to stumble through quite a few messages, but allowed me to preach, um, encouraged me. And I'll never forget one of the first times I preached, my mom had the tape forever. And uh, she would give it to people. You need to listen to my boy preach. We grew up in Detroit, in case you didn't know that. She was city through and through. And I used to always go, Mom, nobody, nobody wants to hear that, Okay. But I remember I was so nervous and Pastor Tom just told me one day, he said, look, just give him Jesus and you'll be fine. Do you know that that stuck with me all these years later? This is the key. Just, just give them Jesus. Now I know, but pastor, we got to go deeper in the word. We got to go deeper in this. We got to study. I'm all for that, but it better come down to whatever theology you're studying. And I love to get into theology. There's some people in the church that we have some great conversations. I love it. I love getting into all that stuff. But listen, at the end of the day, if you have really good theology, but don't give him Jesus, what good are you? Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're like whitewashed tombs. I mean, you got all this head knowledge, but you got no heart knowledge and you ain't giving them nothing but knowledge. And that doesn't change anything. It's truth in love. As we gather for communion this morning, let's remember that Jesus is the one who satisfied. He is the bread of life. He is our only hope. We celebrate him this morning and say, thank you, Lord. As we partake of the drink and the bread of this offering or of this communion, it is an offering we give back to Christ to say, thank you for shedding your blood on the cross. Thank you for giving your body to be broken for us. And we celebrate you because you are the bread of life and you satisfy. Can we pray this morning? Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your love. Father, as we spend some time this morning just in a simple invitation to you, or rather, Lord, an invitation time before you, that you would just minister to us your grace. 
Father, we desire to take this time and just respond to you. Lord, maybe there's somebody here that doesn't know Christ. I pray that this morning they would take this time to to just open their heart and mind to you. That they would ask you the tough question of, is all this real? Maybe they would ask themselves the tough question of, do I even know Christ? Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray that they would know that they can just right there in their seats. They can pray, confess their sins before you, that without you, they have no hope. Believe that you died on the cross for their sins, was buried and rose again. And that that payment is an offering for our sin. It's a covering for our sin that we could be redeemed and made righteous. So Father, I pray that you would Just open people's hearts and minds to that truth today. That if there's anyone here who hasn't done that, that they would realize there's no sin too great. We can't get too far away. But that you are good. That you offer us grace. And so, Father, thank you for giving us something to eat, if you will, as we continue to use that illustration. Thank you for offering us the bread of life. And I pray that for the believers here today that that maybe received Christ, but yet have found themselves not really partaking of daily food, getting into your word. I pray you'd help us to be disciplined in that, Lord, not for a religious obligation to check a box, but for the relationship to grow in you. And so, Father, help us to be just consuming your word every day this week. And, Lord, I pray that we would give someone something to eat this week that would last. I pray we would live not for the things of this world that perish, but we would live for you and your truth. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we pray that whatever's going on in our lives, we respond to you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet this morning? We're going to have a short time of invitation. Uh, Invitation is simple. It's just an opportunity for you to come and pray, whether here at the altar, there in your seats, uh, just to respond to whatever God is doing. If you'd like to do that this morning, you can come and pray uh, as these guys lead us in a song of invitation, and then following that, we'll go ahead and partake of communion. So let's respond to him this morning.